All right, duck. What are you doing? Hey, old shug. Where are you going? Who's that lad? Who's that lad? Voice notes, lad. Voice notes, lad. It's Liam. Hello everybody, welcome to episode number 25 of the Voice Notes podcast presented to you as always by our friends Faster Pasta, Cambridge's premier fresh pasta delivery service. What's up everybody, another week down, another sunny-ish week, it's a bit murky and it's a bit ooh, but um, still sun's, sun's got his hat on today, Wednesday the 23rd of June. Um, June has been arguably arguably the most expensive month of my life um paydays tomorrow so i can't wait for that um and yeah but anyway june um obviously the euros another kind of week of the euros has um have passed us as well england have qualified top of the group they've finished they've done all three group games after a bit say about five out of ten from them pretty much i'm I'm remaining positive. I'm finding trying to find the positives out of every situation nowadays. Trying to be positive, but um, no, I think yeah, free game. Obviously, seven points out of a possible nine. Free clean sheets. Would like obviously would have liked a bit better um, against Scotland, um, namely. But you can't um, uh, you can't win them all. Hopefully, I still believe. I still believe we can go deep in this tournament. And with us coming top of the group that means us playing one of the big boys is in Portugal Spain no sorry Portugal Germany or France um I don't really fear I fear Germany and France more than I fear Portugal I don't really look at Portugal and think like yeah we're in trouble I I think we can I think we can beat them I think we can beat Germany I think on our day we could probably beat France as well it's always a one-off game you never know but I've Obviously, France, the team to beat, they just look uh, scary, um, scary good. But England have qualified. Decent first half yesterday and a bit of a stagnating second half, um, which was a bit disappointing, really. But still, a win's a, w- a win's a win's a win's a win. A pasty's a pasty's a pasty's a pasty. We uh, we move on. Uh, the next round of games, I think Sweden are winning one end against Pol- Poland right now. Poden? Poland right now. Anyway, Leicester football chat, Liam. Fuck. Um, yeah, never this episode you won't hear much of my fucking mug today. Um, the interview section of the podcast features Emily Catherine, um, freelance illustrator and um, just creative from Nottingham. She's uh, sat down with her a couple of weeks ago and yeah, just really fascinating chat with her about her career, her life, um, you know, her passion for her craft as well and the sort of difficulties that she's faced along the way and also the benefits of just... Um, sticking with it and how hard work always pretty much pays off so that's a really um good interview for anyone who's um in the sort of creative arts as well or looking to kind of get into that field as well because she covers um how she got into it and like little opportunities that came her way as well so um obviously everyone's path is different but i think um hopefully you guys get a kick out of that anyway even if you're not in the in the in an illustrator or someone who is in that field, so I can't like like always on this podcast. I'm struggling to find the words. I've just finished work, so I'm kind of um, I wanted to get this podcast out and done with you. That makes me sound like I just want to get out of the fucking way. I don't want to. I'm sorry. Let's start again. I don't want to get this out of the way. You mean you mean the world to me as always, but um, yeah, we'll we'll move on to that in just a second. But um, also, top fives was released this week. Thank you, everybody, who's listened to that so far. Um, make sure you keep on... Um, if you haven't listened, make sure you check it out. It was a really good episode. We talk about a really good opening episode. Of, it's everything what I imagined. It was um, myself, my friend Johnny Hucker from the Ponder blog. Make sure you check the Ponder blog out as well. And my friend, my good friend Jack and Matty Atherton, Jack Burford and Matty Atherton as well. So we talk about our top five favourite beers and like situational beers, not actual like kind of no no logo on the foam sort of beers so we spoke about yeah situation beers and the voting is still up as well we had a bit of a tiebreaker between myself and jack jack looks like he's going to be running away with it because he's called on his goon squad to uh to to vote for him so who knows um uh, maybe he'll probably get his face on the illustrious graphic but more top fives to come i'm gonna have to get down and cracking and um figure out uh who, who's going to be on the next one as well so yeah really looking forward to those and i really enjoyed um uh, the one on i think i released it on monday actually yeah monday this week so if you haven't checked that out make sure you do check it out it's a kind of it's going to be a continuous kind of bonus episode each every other week i'd say i'm the from the from the podcast and 
yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. So yeah, that, that's all that fucking matters, doesn't it? Yeah, so fuck you. Um, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but no, I'm sorry, baby. But <laughs> it's like the Happy Gilmore moment when he's, oh, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to realize that. Oh, yeah, fucking, I'm, I'm shattered. I'm, I'm shagged, mate. I'm shagged, Doc. I'm shagged. Um, but anyway, nevertheless, I'm going to crack on with the interview portion of the show, uh, of this uh, podcast featuring Emily Catherine. I hope you guys enjoy this one and get a kick out of it. Um, it was great to sit down and chat with her, and you know, she gave up her time freely when she had a very, very important deadline as well. I think it was after a deadline, but it was a deadline was is is quite a big deal. I can't say anything, but because um, I can't reveal anything. But she told me off air, which is you know, a bit of a perk. But yeah, anyway, Emily Catherine, um, uh, Nottingham freelance illustrator and just creative. Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome welcome on my next guest on the Voice Notes podcast. She's a freelance illustrator specialising in hand-drawn and painted illustrations. She's also done some amazing work around the city of Nottingham. She's also from Nottingham, local girl, with murals and different um, uh, work art galleries. And not to mention, she's done a lot of artwork for your favourite hip-hop artists. Welcome to the Voice Notes podcast, Emily Catherine. Thanks very much for coming. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you. How, how, how's, well, how's it going? How, how you been? I'm all right. I'm a bit tired, but I'm all right. Yes. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it's kind of. I think the weather takes it like plays a little bit. Doesn't it just? I can't even speak right now. <laughs> this is the weather. Kind of, yeah, it's how yeah. bad it is. Yeah, but um, no, yeah. Thanks for coming on. It's been kind of a bit of a long time in the making, hasn't it? Because you've been busy with loads of other stuff, and yeah, we had that chat for a bit, and yeah, it yeah. was it was good. And well, thanks to George, we you're yeah. on here, so it was. Because when up, we, Georgina, thank when we, you. Yeah, big up. Because when you, because when we finished recording, she was like, oh, "You need to get him. You need to get him. <laughs> she's, she's my best mate. She's this. She's that. She's fantastic." I'm just like, "Okay, okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's like, I'll do it. I'll get you on. I'll get you on. Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> How much did she pay you then? Well, quite she, a lot. She gave me loads, loads of poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and gardening tips as well. Yeah. Well, they're invaluable. Gardening tips and yeah. just you know, act like. Surplus of poetry. So, yeah, yeah. But this is why we get on because I'm also a bit of a gardener, mm. and I don't really like poetry <laughs> apart from hers. And now I know her, yeah, like some of her mates' poetry. So mm. yeah, it's quite good. I get I get to explore her little life. Yeah, and she does the same with me. She's not really into hip hop, for example. Yeah, you know. But you know, it's but best best of both it. worlds. Yeah, best exactly. of both worlds. You sort of feed off each other. It's yeah. a good back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. But no, it's like I mentioned, um, an illustrator, it's not like, because usually I've never really, I, I can say I've safely never really met an illustrator, unless <laughs> when people do it at uni or anything like that. But right. how, like, talk us, talk us through, like, your career and, like, how you got into it and, because I know we spoke, yeah. it's really, really interesting what we spoke about on the phone the other week and, yeah. So, I did a very it. backwards route. So, I didn't actually study illustration or fine art at university as an undergraduate. What I did was I left school with no GCSEs. I then, as a kind of mini adult, went to go and get some GCSEs. Mini, mini adult being? Like 18. 18. A yeah, mini yeah. adult. Mini adult, yeah. I don't yeah. want to say like young person. Yeah. So, it's more of a mini adult. Yeah. That's um, an old person thing to say, yeah. As <laughs> exactly. A, as a, yeah, like, a young person, yeah. <laughs> um, so, mini adult went to go and get GCSEs, and then they were like, okay, so you've got those now, uh, but I had a full time job. So, yep. you've got a choice. You can either go and get two A levels, I think, is what was available to me, but you'd have to quit your job. So, I was like, well, yeah. that's not going to work. I can't wait to pay my rent. Um, or you can go and do like night classes mm. at the Uni of Nottingham. Mm-hmm. Now, night classes are what retired people take. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so, it was just muggins here with a load of. <laughs> Shall we say older people? Older persons. Yeah, <laughs> of a retired nature. Yeah. Um, doing really fun things. So mm. I just cherry picked the things that I had an interest in, which at the time was fine art, art history, mm-hmm. uh, English literature. And what I learned was I hated fine art mm. because they kept telling me to be expressive and not draw anything that looked like anything. Yeah. And it was all about the theory and how I'd got there. <laughs> Um, and then, but I loved art history, so I was like, mm. oh, I'm going to take this through to the diploma. So I was a bit stumped. So by the time that I got to applying for uni, uni, mm. I went, ah, fuck art. I, I hate it. I don't like graphics because I can't I hate computers. Um, yeah. I looked into doing an illustration degree at Loughborough, and it was like, once you've got your style, you'll take that style throughout the whole of your career. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't want to just find one style yes. and do the same shit. That sounds absolutely shit. So I decided not to do illustration, mm. 
And I ate fine arts, so I did English media and cultural studies. As you do, yeah. <laughs> completely flipped it upside down, yeah. Yeah, and I thought, well, I'm pretty good at English. Like, it comes naturally to me, so, you know, I did that. And what I realised is I really liked doing um, the cinema modules mm-hmm. um, and the theory of it. And then I realised that I really liked actual celluloid film and the process of celluloid film. Mm. So when I left uni, I knew that I wanted to archive. Explain what a celluloid is for people who don't know, i.e. me. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so back in the uh, Dizzle, they used to have cameras with film, right? So you've seen film cameras, mm-hmm. uh, like your Diana Plus. They were all the rage, weren't they, back in like 2002? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actual yeah. film cameras. Uh, well, they used to use film, which mm-hmm. are on these huge reels um, and kept in these things called cans, big circular cans. And they're made of celluloid, which is a very flammable material. It's pl- kind of plasticky kind of material. It's like old film, like I just remember mm-hmm. from Inglorious Bastards. When yeah, they set, exactly the, they that. set the whole gaff on fire, yeah. Yeah, exactly. With that, that yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's so flammable that Pathé Newsroom have um, a swimming pool above their archive because if it ever went off, they would explode the swimming pool yeah, yeah. and the whole thing wouldn't blow up. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so I went to work for BBC and I went to work at Bradford Media Museum trying to get a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of running around making teas and coffees but also doing a bit of archiving. Yeah. And then the Tories came in and they uh, abolished <laughs> all archiving. Yeah. Basically, they gave it to prison inmates to archive film and they privatised it to universities. So East Anglia University got our local archive. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> I didn't really... And, and there were no spaces left at the Beeb because it was like, well, now we've got a team and everything's privatised. That's it. Like, we've got, yeah. Unless you go and work in a newsroom or whatever, we don't really want you here. So I was like, oh, crap. So I was just unemployed um, and I moved back home with my mum and that was really hard. And then my mate's mum said, will you illustrate a book for this 75-year-old man that I know? And I went, yeah, all right. Um, I just realised I was really fucking good at it. Sweet, yeah. I loved it. Like, it was great. I'd go to Bromley House. Have you ever heard of Bromley House? Yes, I have. Yeah, kind of. It's it's, it's coming back to me now, yeah. Private members library in town. The Mm. poshest of the posh. Yeah. And this sweet old little man, I'd meet him there and would like il- like talk about illustrating the book he was right from the posh but I just loved the process of yeah. working really closely with another person and then drawing and they would always think that my drawings were pretty fantastic even though they were much shitter mm. personal make, makes it more of a personalised situation or yeah. personalised like feeling as well so that was quite good and so, that when you said like you became really good like you just figured out like I'm actually really good it was just like a kind of like like bold moment no I've always drawn and yeah. I've always known that I was alright at it and I've always mm. loved doing it it's just that the education system didn't make it look as if it was a viable option what I wanted to do yeah like it, I felt very much like a square peg in a round hole sounded like they put you off a bit massively it, like because yeah that just once you have one <laughs> style this is be your style for life and like imagine <laughs> saying that with any other sort of like field right? this is a bit strange so yeah, you don't want to, especially with art as well, something so like using, mm. like again, I'm sure you find any words right now. <laughs> it's cool, it's too hard. It's a, it's a great, it's a great recipe for a great podcast. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like, it's especially when you should be using your creativity freely and you should be encouraged to do that. That's a bit, it is a bit backwards to, I was, sort of, like you said, yeah, sort of square peg in a round hole. Or yeah, I, I was lucky enough to have learned a little bit about history and some of the theory that went along with it. And I was also really lucky to have had the degree that I had because it taught me about um, high and low culture, Mm. high and low art, and the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. And some of the really old school theory that goes with it is is basically anything that is Mm taste-based, i.e. something which is opinion whether you like it or not, often what will happen is you will have people who are rich and powerful, hmm. making decisions about what is and isn't allowed in the arts. Yeah. And they will taste make hmm. what everybody else should like. Ah, uh, so you could be used that as an analogy for most things. That's just like exactly. the kind of old fashioned, you know, Billy Bob's just, you know, totally. thinking of what was popular back then. Yeah. Because I remember speaking to my friend about his friend's job, like in banking or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like, they were like his bosses were like blokes in like the nineties and eighties where everything yeah. was booming, and they still think it's that era. It's like totally. actually no, it's, it's more digital and stuff like that. So yeah. that's like in, in any sort of industries like that. But it's mad. It's like with art, especially because it's constantly just kind of refining itself, or mm. like just to have 
however you sort of um, want to put it. It's just, mm. it's just, it, it's, it's just seems like a feel for constant just creativity. Like you, you, sh- you should be like a room where people are bouncing ideas off each other, and like no yeah. bad ideas, no no ideas a bad idea, and exactly, yeah. it should be totally um, expressive, and you should be able to in the same day make something which is about your journey, mm. and you should be able to make something which just is for the sake of it looking pretty. Yeah. And it should be valued the same, mm. but it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think basically I kind of got to the end of uh, my kind of education and thought, okay, I've got to this point and I'm, I'm unemployed. I've done this. Maybe I could actually do this as a career and just ignore the fact that I haven't had a kind of classically trained education. Yeah. But didn't quite know how to get there. That's what most people, you hear about a lot of people like doing because... Loads of people are so concerned, like say with like media companies, art mm. like all sorts of companies, they're worried about what you've done previously, like what experience do you have? Like Absolutely. we want you to hire you, but you need to have forty years experience, etc. Yeah. etc. And like How do I get it then? Yes yeah, I know, it's, it's it's really rare when you find like well like yourself, you've landed on your feet and you know, you've done it on yourself, but done it by yourself, but it's it's really rare, like I I, I don't think this will ever be on the BBC or anything like that not that I kind of want it to be but it's just yeah. because I haven't got years of broadcasting experience or anything like that but I've got ready a degree and, mm. but yeah I digress it's um, it just seems like they say oh we want you but you have to be oh yeah. oh, 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 oh we don't want you anymore oh, you're, only, oh. And I think you're 21 and you've only been here you've only been doing it for <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I think there's also like a weird stigma about like well if you haven't gone through the same pain that we've gone through, then we're not going to let you in. Like, if you've gone through a different pain, then we mm. don't believe that you suffered enough to get here. Yeah. And I think it's like, how do you prove to those companies that, all right, it might not be the same pain, but I'm really hungry for it. Mm. I am different, you know. Yeah. And you can't you can't say, because you can say like, like, to, like you just said to me, like, and I can believe that, but they'll be like, almost wanting you to grovel for it. Almost, Definitely. And just kind of, yeah. you know, bend and break and do whatever they want you to do which is yeah. which is not the case which is not a good environment to be in but a lot of young people get suckered into that because they want something so bad and mm. I don't know I don't know if that made sense but yeah I think <laughs> that makes sense yeah I think um, I, I think the system's a bit fucked at the moment honestly anyway yeah um, but I think there's always been mm. a very strange attitude towards <laughs> that mm. but like in also being a woman in like the art world as well, is mm-hmm. that kind of have you felt you know at a disadvantage at times, or have you felt you know because I know, well, because I'm not well, coming from like a not a very arty background. Mm. I know because I know a lot of people who I went to uni with they did um, like fine art, and I know a lot of friends who did fine art. But like, it's usually like when you hear that in your head, you like, oh, I'm doing fine art. You think like, oh, okay, well, like, that's that's quite interesting. But you don't really think like most people are going to take it any further. But you have. Yeah, and, but you obviously not in a fine art back. Well, you did fine art for a bit, but you've kind of. I hated it. Yeah, you've gone your own way, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I think. I think being a woman in any kind of creative um, discipline is difficult because you're constantly having to fight against the idea of you're doing it as a hobby. Mm. Then, if you actually get a modicum amount of success doing it you're seen as a bit of a ball breaker perhaps you're a little bit more of a manly woman mm. because it's like oh all right then you know or you've got the opposite which she's one is, of the good ones as they say yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah she's one of the good ones yeah um or which is like you get the kind of i don't know the, the most amount of kind of obvious really easily explainable misogyny is when i'm doing street art and i'm literally on the street yeah because you get catcalled beeped at disbelief i mean the guy the other really day still. yeah when, mm. Did you do that? Okay. No. Yeah. This, yes, I'm just, I'm, li- I'm literally doing it. I'm standing in covered a in paint. giant tiger, <laughs> yeah. dressed like a dickhead, <laughs> like Mario, yeah. covered in paint, with a paintbrush in my hand. I don't believe you did that. That's, and eventually I have to go, that's okay. Yeah. That's okay that you don't believe that. Have a nice day. And then bizarrely, I was painting Mimshop, and this really surprised me, but a woman came up to me. Mm-hmm. And she, I was up a ladder at the time, and she put her hands on my ladder. And I thought, oh, fuck, like, that, this is 
if someone puts their hands on your ladder, mm. they're either trying to kill you, yeah, or they're the pervious pervert. That is a bit. Either way, yeah, you sort of break. You're kind of you're suspicious and you're like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> danger. It's danger. Yeah. And she was trying to peer up because I have my headphones on. Because what I try and do is block out the noise of misogyny by just listening to really loud music. Because mm. if I don't hear it, I don't get hurt by it. Mm. But anyway, I sort of peered down, and she went, "It is a woman." And I said. <laughs> Yes, and she said, I'm really disappointed that you are not dressed more femininely because I want you to represent women. I thought it was a bloke and somebody had said, no, it's a girl, so I've come to have a good look at you. I mean, yeah. You're painting... You like what? You cannot make it up. What do you want to wear? Like a frock and a gown and stuff like that. Like why? She basically, yeah. I mean, my days, man. I know. So sisterhood's fucked too. Jesus Christ! Like yeah. a, as if like the balls on that person to kind of like like grab your ladder. <laughs> yeah, by the no, way, yeah. like I'm not sure if she's ever been on a ladder like high up. <laughs> but you know, you can. Fit, although you've, you said you got headphones in, you probably felt like hang on a minute. I did. Like, hang on a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. is this is a bit dodgy now. And you look down. It's like, <laughs> I know, you can't oh, make it, it up, could you? Oh, it is a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Just that line itself. Oh, it is a woman. It's like, what the fuck did she expect? Was the target you were pointing out, was, it in, was that one in Snenton? Yes, it's yes. been painted over now. Ah. But I fixed it in time, because the paper fell off the wall. Did oh, yeah. I tell you this? No, you didn't know anything. So what, what we did is we did a big... Um, we did like a big collab, and it was five girls, and we were all making a comment on female safety on the streets. And it was covered by the BBC. It was a really popular one. Mm. Um, and great, you know, brilliant. But because we'd done a proper production, which is not usual for any of the women involved, yeah, uh, we planned it all out. We each chose something that we were going to do. Mm-hmm. We shared our plans with each other. It was all brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, and me and a, another a colleague of mine, Talia, had chosen to do these paper tigers as paste-ups because we'd never done paste-ups before mm. and another artist in the, in the group Stomp the Holy Bone she does loads of paste-ups she was like don't worry we'll all do it it'll be great <laughs> and for some reason only my tiger peeled off but it didn't just peel off like oh she's put that up wrong yeah it took the wood off oh fuck off yeah, yeah. so I had to go back to the wall mm. and mend the whole thing like literally mend the wood yeah and then just hand paint it on. That woman who grabbed your ladder must walk past like, oh, <laughs> thinking, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. have, have you got a fanny? Because it's not very so obvious. Why, why, you got chi- why you got a chisel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mental. Yeah, no, fucking hell. Like, that's, just, that, I'm, that, that's flawed me, that, that story of that woman. just. I know. That's incredible. It is. It was unbelievable. And like, I... Is that more, I suppose, cat calls just... Yeah, it's just very like... Obviously, I, I don't know the feeling. Like it's just kind of, it just must be like so kind of frustrating and kind of like oh, yeah, fuck off. Like just instantly, you're just in your head like piss off. Yeah. But like, was that in a way more frustrating because like she's just yeah, she has an ex- expectation of what you should be like. She knows better. Yeah. She wasn't behaving with solidarity. She knows she knows that you've got kind of three types of oh shit I'm a woman and I'm in a scary man situation the first Mm -hmm. one is I'm being catcalled Mm -hmm. so whilst annoying and some of the things that people say are hurtful it isn't actually life threatening yeah second is oh I'm being sexually assaulted Mm -hmm. i.e. people are trying to touch me and Mm -hmm. I'm actually in a really vulnerable position I can't do anything about it and the third one is I'm being violently assaulted which is oh people are pelting me (laughs) or stealing my shit like that's another thing that we have all the time so like she fucking knows Mm -hmm. so for her to say like I want you to perform more as a woman Mm -hmm. was upsetting because she's either never faced any misogyny or she wanted me to kind of say it with my chest more and I was already doing the best that I could. Mm. I was up a ladder on a very, very, like single-handedly painting a wall in yeah. a very male world. Like graffiti is very male. Yeah. Um, and the graffiti that isn't very male is anonymous. The people that, some of the, some of the most famous graffiti artists are actually women, mm-hmm. but they will never tell you that they're women because it's a secret. They mm. paint illegally. Yeah. <laughs> you won't see their faces. So. Spoiler, Banks is a woman. Yeah, spoiler, <laughs> yeah. I'm Banksy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I, I feel like she she must have known. She was kind of just either asking too much of me 
or she never had it that herself, which I just find impossible to believe. I don't know what she was It just thinking. sounds like it's just, she's going up there, maybe, maybe she just knew you were a woman. She's going there maybe to antagonise you. I'm not sure. It's just, it's just. Why would bit... you? She really know, enjoyed yeah. the art as well. She was like, "That's beautiful." Oh. Thank you very much. Where that's beautiful. <laughs> wow. You did that. <laughs> exactly. You, a woman, did that. <laughs> exactly. But no, it's just fucking hell. That's, that's incredible. That's that's crazy. That's insane, I'll, isn't it? I'll probably dine out on that story. <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell some people I know. Yeah. You're welcome well, it's, to. It's for everyone to hear. Oh now. yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> forgot. Enjoy it. Oh, yeah, we're recording. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're recording a conversation. Yeah. Um, you mentioned obviously when you moved back um, with your mum, that was a difficult period as well. Like, mm. and I know you went through a bit of a hard time with that. Like, yeah. I'm not sure how much you want to talk about that, but how much is like it. how much is that? Because we we spoke about it on the phone, didn't we? Mm. And Obviously, in life, obviously, everyone has these experiences that make you sort of a bit better. How what is well, just kind of go from there, really. I think it's because yeah. it is. It's always a bit of a difficult situation going back to you know your parents' house. Or, always, yeah. But I've, your situation, it seemed a lot more harder, a lot more difficult <laughs> yeah. because it, because of the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So the circumstances were my mum was an alcoholic, and she. Now I can't remember that. Yeah. Now I must have done. So I moved back home after uni, jobless. Um, before she'd gone into rehab, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it was after rehab. Maybe it was after rehab. Yeah, it might have been after rehab. Anyway, doesn't really matter. She still was drinking. Mm. Um, and we'd got past the point of me being very angry with her drinking. And it got to the point where she really needed help. She needed emotional help. She needed help to try and stay as dry as possible, basically. And so I realised that actually moving home was kind of important. Mm. But as the years went on and I did, you know, eventually move out and I got married and got divorced, life happened. Wow, yeah. It became more and more important for me to essentially be her carer. Mm. Um, And it kind of turned from emotional anxiety into physical dependency constantly trying to get her help then she'd be dry for a bit then I'd you know go back for a bit um and then toward the later part of her life she became quite agoraphobic and she started lying about drinking again quite massively um and so she died um about four years ago and um three years ago and yeah it was it wasn't um it was a huge surprise like I'll never not be surprised because she just looked like she was always fighting it yeah it's never like she didn't try she was always trying but she just failed yeah miserably um and it's it's important to know that it's always a kind of constant battle with any sort of constant addict so whether it be alcohol or drugs or anything like that they're always fighting that sort of fight like absolutely remember meeting this um ex-alcoholic once and he was just like saying because i i i when I hear podcasts of people like talking about their alcoholism, mm. I kind of think like, oh, do, you, do you do you still kind of find it hard to go to the pub almost? Like, and he, he said like, yeah, first of all, it was really difficult because he's quite a social person and mm. it's just, that's where you associate obviously, you know, drinking and it just goes hand in hand. It's just over time it just gets, but it's just a time sort of process and yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, like I said, it's a constant battle with those people, with people like that, isn't it? So it's, yeah, and that's, think... that's what a lot of people don't understand. People no. think like, oh, just, oh, over yourself almost or just oh, it's easy why, why you know yeah and I think it's funny because with addiction the whole thing with addiction is um, there is obviously the physical addiction to something and then there's the emotional or mental addiction to something but you have a predisposition to um, where you're fighting you're mm. constantly fighting the urge mm. and it's as much as it is um, a kind of mental illness as well as a sickness so, of course, you make a choice every time you drink. Mm. But as soon as you make that choice, that's where something else kicks in and that's where the disease of alcoholism sort of yeah. kicks in. So it's quite important to separate the initial cogent choice of doing it and then what happens once you're in it. Because yeah. once you're in it... Um, for example, the people that say, I have a drink and then I can't stop once I'm drunk or I make bad decisions when I'm drunk, yeah. watch that. Yeah, because that's something. Yeah, be careful. Which yeah. you're not cogently able to control. If your if your agency of choice is taken away whilst you're drunk, mm. that's quite a dangerous place to be in. Mm. Um, and I so it's really difficult to explain to people that it isn't just 
as easy as that or simple. It's very, very difficult. Mm. Um, I often think about like just because I've never really been like, yes, you, 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 everyone knows someone who's like, oh, well, I want to have a drink, I'm out the window. It's like, yeah. just, you as, when you're younger, you're like, oh, yeah, they're crazy. There's this, that. Yeah. Like, as you get a bit older, you're like, yeah, you want to you watch that? Yeah, you wanna, <laughs> if, if, as, as you get a bit older, I'm, I'm, tw- I'm only 28, and you think like, even now when I have a few drinks, like, I'm kind of on my ass now. <laughs> I, think I know when I've had enough now. Yeah. I like to think I know when I've had enough. Yeah. Um, probably people, you know. I think we've all been in a situation but... where, like, we've gone through a period of drinking where we go, actually, I feel like I've got a bit of a problem with it. I'm going to stop for a week. Or yeah. I'm going to do dry January or whatever. Mm. And because you're being a bit more mindful about your drinking, as soon as you switch that, like, mindfulness on, you realise, oh, actually, I don't really like some of the habits that yeah. are kind of have happened over the years or whatever. It is important to kind of wrestle that back because I think it's so socially acceptable um, as a drug of choice and it is essentially a poison. It is, yeah. Nobody really talks, no, just because it's, well, it's, it's legal, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Just like, you know, like you'd see old fellas at Weatherspoons at 8 a.m. Like, I know. Just, I used to manage a bar and it was kind of depressing, yeah. actually. Mm. You know, 11 in the morning and you'd let all of them in. That's alive, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, but I think alcoholism is, yes, and mm. obviously one step. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. like, yes, that's mad because that's the thing was, because obviously during lockdown, you think about loads of things, like the mm. knock-on effect of loads of other stuff. I remember, because I used to get the bus into town, like just opposite the Weatherspoons in Sherwood. Yes. And I always would see like these, like the same fellas just like at the same time outside having a fag, but it was just like, before this was like half eight in the morning it's insane isn't it and it's just like I wonder where those I wonder how much those people have struggled and hopefully after this whole lockdown they've maybe gotten better but because they're well, at they home would in. they would have yeah, just ordered in yeah just getting cans down you know, and that's what my mum ended up doing cans in the garden stuff like that yeah yeah or well, just in your living room or anywhere yeah. exactly know. yeah anywhere's good isn't it yeah. <laughs> as long as you've got a beer yeah but it's um yeah that's 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 incredible though like you had to kind of Deal with that. Mm. How, how old were you to deal with that? When you when, when she first started drinking. Yeah, well, how old were you when you when you had to move home and then like just Oh god, do you know what? I'll confess I'm to... really shit with dates, so We're not looking for exact date. This would have been like early twenty I was like technically a mature student, so maybe I was like yeah. twenty five, twenty six when I moved back. Still a very young, like just yeah. really young, like having to like look after your parent like, yeah man oh yeah. totally like I, I definitely missed out all of my 20s because mm. I started my business in when I was 30 so I divorced I think 29 or whatever mm-hmm. and then I had about four months and then it was like right 30 I started my business yeah um and I'm 36 about to be 37 so I've you know nearly had my business seven years oh, congratulations um thanks um, so for the whole time mm. of since I was 15 really I was looking after her. Yeah. And starting, you said starting your business like four months, boom, 30, start your business. Was that always planned or did that just kind no. of like come about like you sort of got up one day and thought, you know what, it's time to do this now or? No, it was mad. I um, I divorced, had no confidence, decided that I couldn't carry on not having the job that I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and a really dear friend at the time had said, do you know what, Nottingham's doing this thing called Real Creative Futures, which is part of the big house scheme, European funded, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Europe. <laughs> and um, they're doing a thing which is basically like teaching creatives how to be business minded. So whatever you do creatively, they can teach you how to make that into a business. It's free, you should go down. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I will. And at the time, I was living off a part-time carer's allowance, essentially. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I've got the time, I'll go down. And it totally changed my life. Mm. Totally changed my life. That's where I met George. Yeah, I was going to say, she, she yeah. did the same programme and it's sort of like, well, proofs in the pudding, like both of you, it's sort of Absolutely. very successful. Um, and I met loads of people and uh, I was able to network and I learned new skills and it, everything that I needed to know... <laughs> they told you yeah this is exactly how you do it now here's your choice go and do it mm. so yeah that's fantastic and it's like seven years on you've thriving yeah. like it's just yeah it's fantastic like because of obviously looking obviously everyone give her a follow on instagram as well we'll plug that at the end but like you're not just like well you kind of completely went against your old teacher so like one style is your own <laughs> like you've, yeah. you've completely like so many different styles and it's really incredibly talented 
Um, how did the, like, obviously a passion for hip-hop anyway, you love hip-hop music, but how did you, did you know some of these hip-hop artists or did you just like start drawing and sort of designing stuff and then yeah. they, they just one day just caught notice? Or it's exactly that, yeah. It's pretty much that, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 like, I knew I didn't have any content for my Instagram and the only way of creating content was to draw something that I was passionate about because mm. that's when your work's the best, isn't it? So I was like, well, I'll do a little bit of like social justice stuff, maybe a bit of feminism, but really I love hip-hop and I love like grime culture and I love... You know, every, the everyday, basically, yeah. even food. Yeah. So I was kind of doing that and, it, and didn't realise that what I was doing was kind of like knocking on the door mm. of that culture and saying, hi, because <laughs> I felt like I was, you know, just sort of going, oh, here's a little nugget for you. Mm. <laughs> I like this, here's a nugget for you. But I was rewarded tenfold. Like I can't, you know, I, I can't be happier with the way that I was welcomed into mm. Um Hip hop, essentially. So yeah. yeah, had a little DM from Farrah Munch. I've got a voice note from Erica Badu. Yeah. Um, not a big deal. <laughs> like exactly, I, not a big deal. I feel so, like, really blessed. Mm. Really, really very blessed. Who have you? Who have you sort of uh, time for a few name drops? Who have you? Uh... Farrah Munch, a voice note from Erica Badu, but I didn't paint for her. Um, I've worked. Kind of for Big Nasty, Blue Cheese mm-hmm. Clothing, Your Old Droog, Matt Homie. The BDL stuff. Fahim, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm friends with Lordy. I haven't worked with Lordy, but we might work together in the future. We've done, we've done lunch. <laughs> we feel we're friends, you know, I don't have to work with you. We're just great mates. Um, I did an International Women's Day post for No Lay, um, mm-hmm. and I was sort of in her video, her pussy video. Woo! <laughs> it's like a bit of a thing. Yeah, loads of people yeah I'm very blessed and it seems like a bit of a snowball effect like once one comes mm-hmm. like another because like just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and like just your list of contact grows as well like, yeah, yeah yeah and I think um I kind of have always said this but I think it's even more important it, it truly is 90% of the person that you are and then 10% talent yeah like people want to work with you if you're a decent person yeah exactly um and word will then get around that you're nice <laughs> and then mm. people find it funny and you know and all the rest of it so yeah. that's actually how you get work because that's the first thing people say oh you, oh, you worked with um, Emily that I see how, how, is she, how is she as a person and then like she's actually sound like she's boss exactly. like, she's just, yeah. it's like they probably would have think like oh, if, you're, if you're a bit dodgy that's well, yeah. dodgy not the right word but um, like I've worked in fact recently um, there's a particular artist who's mad talented but he's such a knob I'm, I actually feel sorry for him and oh really yeah and he loses work over it and he's like mm. you know people are like oh well we would have hired him but we met him and he was really rude <laughs> it's like yeah so we, we met him <laughs> we would have but we met him yeah yeah so in what way is he kind of a bit too cocksure? Is like this? Obviously, we won't name names, but like I've got no idea, mate. I mean, I I, I don't know why people behave like that, and I mm. don't think I don't know whether he's unaware mm. or whether he has kind of had a peak in his career and now he's having a dip and he's angry about it. Yeah, you know that's a classic that happens. Or maybe he doesn't like the new school, or maybe he's jealous and he doesn't deal with jealousy very well. I've got no idea. Yeah. but you know, I've had to work with him and. It, he is a really difficult person. Yeah. You know, and you think, what a shame, because he's super talented. Yeah. And he's got loads of ideas, but he's just horrible. Like. Just goes to show, be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> just be a decent person, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, totally. But like, um, he's, he's oh, I don't know, it's really strange. You get there with anywhere. Like, exactly, I was just about to say. Most, every sort of, everywhere you've worked, like you get the, the knobhead and you think like, always one knobhead. How the hell, like... Nobbids always seem to find a way. I don't know. Don't I don't. I don't know how. Like it's really strange. I think it, it's like spare socks. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, like a spare sock will turn up. So will a nobbed. Yeah. Maybe like a couple of pigeon eggs because you never see them either, do you? Yeah. I remember once having a job interview for like when I was like seventeen, eighteen. Like yeah. obviously, I don't know what to say in a job interview. Like yeah. I'm fucking seventeen. Like I've, I've worked. <laughs> I've, no at, I've worked at like Tesco on the checkouts for Christ's sake. <laughs> and he's like kind of looking. He's like kind of you know they do the pen swirl. They're like oh yeah. Like, and he's like, yeah, I see you work at Tesco. And then, like, um, I remember just saying after the, in the interview because it was quite awkward. Sure. And I was just like, um, oh, so it slipped out. I was like, oh, when do I start? And he's like, I'll tell you what, son, I like the cut of your jib. <laughs> he was just like, because he was a proper knobhead. Like, he was just like, you know what? 
He's a knobhead. <laughs> he must have thought, like, this is a cocksure prick. Like, He's hungry for it. Yeah, this is self-centred, like, <laughs> arsehole. <laughs> just saying, oh, yeah, when do I start? Yeah. <laughs> but as I do, like, you meet, um, I'm just trying to think of, I would just say, yeah, just knobheads in general. You know, a really good example of this is teachers. Yeah. If you think of all the teachers that you had in secondary school, mm. I'm telling you, there'll be a few that are not. Yeah, see, look, you're already rolling your yeah, eyes. Yeah, I'm rolling my eyes. Just I just flashbacks of pricks, yeah. Like. Yeah. So mine was Mr. Donlan. Fuck Mr. Donlan. Shout out uh, Biggie D. He Fuck was you. racist. Yeah. Um, he was obsessed with dictating in a modern secretary, secondary school. Um, he was obsessed with the Nazis and World War Two. Like, literally taught no other history apart from was, killing was, each other. It wasn't on the stimulus. It wasn't on the... Honestly, we were probably supposed to be, like, learning about the fucking Vikings or so something. So, we are supposed to be learning about uh, history of medicine. <laughs> no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> fuck penicillin. <laughs> kind of, I'm trying to think of other teachers I've I've had. Like, who would, I remember this English teacher once. This guy. Like, yeah. he just did... I remember we were doing this, a review of a, like, an Xbox magazine page. Yeah. And we were supposed to do, like, creative, like, what do you see, like, what, like... Okay. Like, what are they trying to sell? Like, what's, like, in every single facet of the front page? Yeah. I remember writing it, and he was like, all right, heads down, guys, we'll do this. I wrote mine out, and I was like, I think I've covered all bases. I was like, ah, oh, sir, I've finished mine. And he was like, no, you haven't, Liam. You've not, you've not finished. You, like, I haven't even finished. I was like... Well, like, does it mean that I'm not done? Like, I've just, I've tried to do everything. Give me a chance, Dickhead. Wouldn't give me a break. I remember my mate who sat next to me. It was like, it was like the classic, you know, um, he was like the favourite child. Yeah. It's like, he goes, oh, yes, oh, shut up. He goes, oh, oh, Lewis, I'll have some caviar. Here's yeah. this, oh, you're fantastic, you're brilliant. And I was like, I was like, fuck's sake, sir. What, like, what was his name? Shout Mr. Gaskins. Mr. Gaskins. Gaskins. Horrible yeah. name. Gaskins. But he's, I remember bumping into him in a Tesco a couple of years back. Mm. Well, can I say a couple of years back? It's been about 10 years since I've left school, so probably the year after I left school, and it's probably... What, did, did you say to anything? I just said, oh, probably, he probably said, oh, hi, hi Liam, I was like, nice oh, to be fucking no. now, aren't you? You bald bastard. But yeah. Like, I remember there's, like, there's so many teachers. There was a teacher we had, he was head of our year, he was like a uh, poor man's Frank Lampard. <laughs> he was a semi-pro footballer, <laughs> and oh, he no. just... I don't know, he just, it, it was just very, he was very, favouritism, like, big time. But haven't we just hit on that thing that makes you evil, which is unfulfilled potential. Yeah. Like, you feel like you were supposed to be dot, 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 dot. Yeah. And actually, you've ended up dot, mm. dot, dot, and so turns you into a dickhead. Yeah, exactly, Poor yeah. man's Frank Lampard. He was, yeah, because he was okay, but he was like, you think like, you know when you think, oh, actually, they're quite sound. They're yeah. Right. And then they'll say something, you're like, actually, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you're <laughs> like, you prick. <laughs> Yeah. I'll just have to ruin it. Like, when they reveal themselves. Yeah. Because I'm still friends with like um, uh, one of my, like he was a TA when mm-hmm. I was in year 11. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think he was 21 at the time. So safe as fuck. So he was safe yeah. as. Yeah. And I've, st- I've stayed in contact with him since. And I was like, I always talk about this. The guy was like, I was like, this fucking prick. And he, was, he, goes, <laughs> he goes, mate, no, he's sound. You don't. I was, like, I was like, come on. You no, don't no, understand. Like, you don't understand. You weren't in my shit. You weren't. Yeah. You, weren't you had favourites. You weren't in the weird. shit, yeah. But, um, Teachers, like, in general, like, a lot of people want, like, housemate, like, co-host, he's a primary school teacher, mm-hmm. like, my younger sister's a primary school teacher. Yeah. Primary school teachers are just nice. Like, usually no, just, like... Act. I can't agree with you. Oh, wow. I'm so sorry. Controversial. Yeah, I had um, an evil primary school teacher called Miss Blaney, who hit children. Miss Blaney? Yeah, and she had a hunchback and horrible toes. So, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And particularly, like, our generation, you know... Teachers, they're nice. They've been trained properly. Mm. But actually, me experiencing primary school, no, mm. not a shot. Teachers now have done a, a really, really difficult job. Yeah, they do. Because we bumped into one of our old PE teachers mm-hmm. at a beer fest. Yeah. It was um, we just got to, oh hey, Mr. Map, like just got chatting to him because he was he was sound at school, and we were just like talking like, oh, what's the, like obviously he's still at the same school as well, like ten years on. Because like, he, I think he start he he started when I was in year ten, so he wasn't like wow. there. We didn't. I didn't have him that long. Um, I think he was my BTEC sport teacher or something. He was in charge of that, but um, he was like fairly sound. He was quite a senior member of school, like head of PE and head of sport. Yeah. But we we bumped into like, what's the like, biggest challenge now? He's like, yeah, just phones, phones, and just kids. Like, you, if, if you say anything now, he's like, it's just really like my housemate. He's just, I won't go into it fully, but like mm-hmm. his school, his primary school, he's had like so many problems recently. Like really, like big problems. That's year six. It's really kids. hard. I don't know yeah. how they do it. Teachers, I really don't. And as well, like, because um, he, just 
good things. You met him before he left, but like talk about this all the time when you see people. I always I always ask his opinion. When I see people we know who are like saying, oh, I'm going to get accepted to be a teacher sort of thing. And like, and he says, they're likely think it's going to be like sunshine and rainbows. They're going to be like Mr. or Mrs. Smith. Like, oh my God, you know, like the kids are going to love them. But like, it's not like a easy job you can get into. Like when they say like those who can't do teach, like that's obviously a joke, but yeah, it's a very difficult job. Like, Yeah, it's those that can't do teach definitely have to teach people who don't want to learn yeah like that is really difficult mm. with mm. no support from the government no legislative support funding cuts mm. so you've got to try and teach somebody something with literally no materials and no support teachers have been mental neglected like more to, like the public services like obviously people in like nhs and stuff like yeah. that they, they were like had their sort of everyone clapped every every week for a month and yeah. then oh yeah they're, they're, they're part yeah. of the problem is and then but teachers especially well, it's been it's it just been seems... so much longer as well. Like my my friend who's a primary school teacher, she's been going into school and dealing with children who are grieving essentially, mm. who are scared, who don't know what's going on, who don't understand the virus, who want to touch each other and they're told not to touch each other. Mm. It's the like, social that's ridiculous. It's the social side of it as well, isn't it? Of course, because it is. you don't, especially for teenagers as well. You yeah. don't know who the hell you're going through. All sorts of like you know adolescence, you know puberty. Yeah. Like it's just you're going through all sorts. <laughs> it's like yeah. just a you know wall of like face of mask or the yeah. room of mask sort of thing. But yeah, the social side of it must be. I'm so glad I'm not a, you know teenager anymore. Like just yeah. in school, but like actually I had a fucking great time in school. But like I was still a bit of an idiot. <laughs> but anyway, but um, no, it's it's. Yeah, school. <laughs> school man, <laughs> the teaching game. But what would, like, because what advice would you give for people, like, obviously, who studying art? And because, like, the perception cause I got from my friends who did art at university, I know they've gone on to different things now, but mm. I can imagine, like, with me, when I said to people, like, older people, oh, I'm studying radio production at university, they're like, oh, wow, what are you going to do? That's, that's interesting. Like, in the, but, like, with art, mm-hmm. a lot of people just say, like, oh, just a phase or oh, it's three years of, you know. Yes, there is a lot of that. Um, taking drugs and experimenting. <laughs> well, you know, let, let's not put too fine a point in it. I think a lot of further education is for people who go at the kind of age that it's supposed to be. It mm. is about socialising and leaving your hometown and taking drugs and meeting people that you've never let, you know met before. Yeah. And it kind of, I'm not saying it doesn't matter what degree that you do, but... Um, because of course it does but it is kind of less about your education but what I will say is people who really enjoy their degrees and really do want to learn from the degrees that they've chosen um it's really valiant mm. yeah <laughs> and and grasp it with both hands and don't um you know realize that whether you think that you're paying for it or not just recognize that you you're getting a very high quality of education mm. um but to trust your instincts because if there is something that you don't like doing at uni, yeah. the chances are you'll never do it when yeah. you leave uni. No, exactly. And the chances are you won't have to do it. No. So do the bare minimum to mm. get through that fucking module. Yeah. The bare minimum. Yeah. Just get it. And then once you leave, then you carve out your little life. And I think the thing is, and this is kind of truer, I think, nowadays, because I think we're going to have a bit of a retrograde situation, which is that unless you know the rules you can't really break them. Mm. You can have a go at it and you can probably get so far without Mm -hmm. knowing absolutely anything, but you will get to a point where you could be here, I'm doing a high hand for the people at home, or you'll end up actually just kind of here and you'll plateau and you'll bottom out. Middle ground and stuff. Yeah, and I think um, what's great about getting an education or educating yourself on something which is kind of integral to your craft is if you really get to know it, You'll kill it. You mm. will kill it. People are mad impressed. Mm. Like, because of some of the theory stuff that I did, because I've got a diploma in art history as well as loving hip-hop, my knowledge is is informing my paintings in a completely different way mm. from anybody else in my field. I don't know, maybe in Nottingham. I'm sure there are loads of other people that have had <laughs> education, but I'm talking about it and I'm using it to my advantage. And it does give me an advantage. So... Um, I would say people at uni to trust their instinct. What I'd say to the people who aren't at uni, don't have any money to go to uni, don't want to go to uni, 
you can still do exactly the same thing. Yeah. You just have to be a lot more mindful about how you educate yourself mm. with what you need to know. And that's fine, like, because a lot of people, there's the, there must, I remember when, I say when I was, when I ran the edge of when I, when I went to uni, there wasn't that much pressure on it from a, mm. from my standpoint, because I just yeah. went, because I thought I was going to miss out. Right. I didn't go for any um, yeah. sort of educational purpose. Um, but yeah, like if you don't want to go to uni, that's fine. I think that's that's okay unless you're like being pressured into it. But I think it's fine too. Yeah, I think you could just you know find your own way. And she's still like you forget how young like a lot of people go to uni. Yeah. Like you're very very Tiny. young. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like you think like it's the classic thing when you that age you think you fucking know it all, but you you know you know jack shit. Yeah. Because I thought I had it figured out when I went to university, but it was just obviously obviously okay. not. Yeah. Because I, I I went for the piss up. I went for the absolute like. I, I, right thing, and right? I don't, I don't regret it. Like, because no. when people say, because we spoke about this on the phone, didn't yeah, we? we like, did. I sometimes wrestle with like, ah, oh, should I have like kind of? Because I look at my friend who's who left uni, or he didn't even go to uni, he left college, he got into like a job, like he's he does what he does, and he earns very good money from it. Now he's got a house, he's got a very comfortable life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think from what he said, he's like maybe like regrets not going to university because not, not going travelling because he did have a full time job so he had like responsibilities and stuff yeah. but I don't know because it depends how you look at things like if, because most most things are just measured by money you see those memes all the time like oh mm. Frank went to university he's now in £100,000 worth of debt and all this stuff and he has an entry level job like mm. whereas Dave you know he's an apprentice plumber now he's earning X amount of money it's like it's all like money based it's never like oh it's X who's who's happier though like it's just like oh because my bank balance is a lot bigger I think you've got two choices in life haven't you you either you don't really know what you want to do for a living and you don't really mind so if that's the case go and get the highest paid job that you can tolerate Mm. and make sure that the time that you have off you spend it doing all the things you fucking love exactly or you can't tolerate very many jobs Mm. you're happy not to earn a lot of money Mm. so go and do your hobby as a job yeah go and do the thing that you love as a job Mm. Um, and everybody in between do the in between Mm. you know get the most tolerable job do the hobby the best you can but you probably won't be able to make enough money off one or the other yeah you know Um, but it's just down to the individual it is isn't it it's like because it also social media does this thing as well because if you if you feel like you don't have instant success it's bullshit. Everyone isn't feels it? like, oh my god, I'm failing. I'm doing this. I'm doing. It's like, oh. so much bullshit. Like, what would you? Because some from like you've, it's been a real marathon, not a sprint. And like yeah. you'll probably say yourself, you're nowhere near to kind of be. You're not done, are you? You're still Definitely keep, not. You're, like I'm at very, very early stages in my business, and yeah. actually, like the reason why I'm doing it full time and taking a wage isn't actually because I've got to the point where I feel financially more comfortable. It's because my mum died, and mm. I was like oh my God, I've got to take a break. And I just obviously don't have a carer's allowance and I obviously don't, you know, so I had to take a break and it forced me to do the things that well, I didn't want to do, but um, yeah. kind of had to pepper my job and support myself in other ways. So it wouldn't have been a very good business choice to like go, yeah, let go of all of these five yeah. jobs that I've got. You know, I did cleaning, I did teaching, I did workshops, I was a carer and an illustrator. I, did, I had five jobs. Mm. So it's like, you know... I would have just carried on doing that for at least seven years mm. if I had it my way. Would you emph- emphasise like to any young person like starting out doing whatever like, illustration or art or whatever, like just the importance of sticking with it, like because I think I've, I think I've, if you love doing something, you'll stick with it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because I know this guy; he's a, he's a tattoo artist, and like mm-hmm. he was, I remember he was he was on this thing called the Ponder Blog, which I was on as mm. well. Um, my mate does, and he was like just you know. You, you gather your own momentum by just like going with it sort of thing and obviously he loves he loves what he does yeah so it's if obviously it's pointless if you if you kind of stick with something you're like oh, I don't really mm. like this it's, there must be a bit of a weird realisation if you do that but as long as you love it then if you love it then you'll be fine mm. it will be it won't even be a thing you'll be getting up at seven every morning you'll be doing it you know the whole thing will just snowball it exactly it won't be an issue yeah no but um but no, is there anything else you want to sort of bring up or like to sort of talk about like any, we said, any plugs, any sort of, <laughs> I don't where, know. where can the people of Nottingham see your great work, like the murals and all that stuff? And because I know the one, the tide was in Stenton. 
it's now been painted over it's though. Painted over yeah, so you can't see that anymore. But um, if you go onto my Instagram, which is Emily Catherine Illustration, mm-hmm. um, or my Facebook page, which is Emily Catherine Illustration, or my Twitter page, which is EC Illustrates, you will see the pictures of that wall and other things. Or if you just want like a more general overview, then go onto my website, which is EmilyCatherineIllustration.com. Um, and my YouTube has got some like speed painting videos and stuff like that time lapse thing yeah 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 Yeah. so and there's there is really exciting stuff that I can't talk about that is about to drop which if it comes through then it will be the most exciting thing of my career to date oh wow I know cool which is really frustrating that I can't talk about it that's exciting though that's kind of like you're on the cusp of something really like and does that obviously without too too many details it's like Mm. is that been how long has that process been like from from start to finish Um, it's been maybe three months from start to finish. Oh, wow. And actually, I didn't know. <laughs> was was that was that the deadline we were... It refer- was. Ah, so... Yeah, so yeah. three months from start to finish, but actually, I didn't actually know what it was for. Mm. So it's a good start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was an interesting... Mm. Yeah. That's exciting, though, yeah. So exciting. You'll have to tell me off, off air. So. I will, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys, yeah. Just, sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, if you follow on social media then you'll find out so exactly exactly so, so follow, follow 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 yeah <laughs> but no thanks yeah i appreciate your time and obviously thank you um, so much for coming on me. and yeah no obviously do, do you said like when you get requests to be on podcasts mainly about hip-hop and stuff like that yeah it's yeah. actually been really refreshing yeah oh, i fantastic. don't have to geek out yeah yeah exactly yeah because well i didn't want to because we spoke on the phone yeah we had a big old geek out yeah <laughs> just talking about music and I, I know a lot of it like my friends call me a bit of a music snob like and they don't really I know, like, but, what, but, but what's but wrong with being? I know a music what's wrong snob. with being a music snob. Yeah, I, I, I've got good taste. I know that. I know exactly. that's an arrogant thing to say, but I've got good taste. But I, it's not an arrogant thing to say. You might change someone's life with a track that you recommend. That yeah, that, that is amazing. Yeah, it's like, I, I love sort of finding out new music. People who yeah. like like recommend new music are so important to like your life. Me too. I thank my shout out dad to um, like my music taste because. Yeah. I'm probably a bit like I'm definitely his son because like he he has the same opi- he has the same sort of opinion because like, <laughs> yeah. if he doesn't like it then it means it's shit like me it's like, <laughs> it's like oh, have you listened to that I was like no I was like oh, well you yeah. like no I'll just save time <laughs> I'm, I'm totally the same and I, and I love listening to new music but I get real beer in my bonnet if I don't like something I'm furious about it yeah because you wasted your time and yeah and just... I and sometimes I love the artists that I'm listening to and and if they go and make like a you know a sideways album. Yeah. Well, you're like, what the fuck is that? You should listen I... to you should listen to Neil Young. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because he's like the kind of the master of that sort of thing. Like, right. you're completely like chucking up what he's known you think for. You know someone. Throwing away, throwing it away, and then like David yeah. Bowie as well. David Bowie's a classic one for that as well. And you know, if you sit with the albums, then you eventually get used to it, and you then they're the albums that you usually go, oh my god, that was genius. Mm. But on occasion, there are people that just disappoint you, and you're just like, yeah. I'm not cool with this. Well, you said about the J. Cole thing. You've, yeah. not, listened, you've not listened to J. Cole yet. Have you yeah, still not listened? No, I can't. Two weeks I'm after. Still, I'm angry with him. I'm angry <laughs> with him. You know, it's, it's not. If you're listening, Jay. <laughs> yeah, can you yeah. just sort it out? Just sort it out, mate, yeah. I, I did get your point, though, when you said, like, because he is hyped up to be this, like, kind of Biggie Tupac kind of character, like, with, in terms yeah. of his music, like, musical presence and I do I, I must admit I do like his new album I've ne- but that was the first album of Jake I've really listened to okay. like back to back so I've never listened I've only listened to like some like bits of him did I ask did you listen to Buster's new album no not yet I would recommend that you listen to Buster's new album I'm adding that because now. if you listened to the original one mm-hmm. then I think you might like this more than the J. Cole album I think I'll, I'll add that to my thing Put it this way, on a Facebook status, I put, Dear Mr. Rhymes, unfortunately, <laughs> I'm suing you for damages, for wrinkles to the face, because I've spent the entirety of your album with a screw face. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I spent my whole, literally, it was me, like, for the whole time. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a screw face. Mm. That was, yeah, sorry. You didn't see that. You didn't see that, but screw she's face. screw face, yeah. Everyone do the best screw face. But I, I, there's a band I listen to called The OCs, okay. which I, my dad got me into again. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we saw them live. I've seen them live here in Nottingham. I saw them live in uh, Clapham, I think, last couple of years before COVID, before yeah. we can go to fucking music. 
live live events. And I remember afterwards, I was like, just I don't know, something kind of really weird comes over me when I listen to a black band. Like, just they played because they've got like this live album, and I think they played like the same song at the end. It's like fifteen minutes long. They've got two drummers. And I was just like, I was just like this. I, was, I remember just like. Who's better? Who's the fuck's better? I was like, this is fucking brilliant. I was just like, proper, I was up. proper pumped up and like. Yes. I remember because I told you the guy Rob Delaney sat next to us, the comedian, yes. and he was kind of like having a good time. But I was just like, fuck yeah, mate, yeah. So into it. I was like, proper like fucking seething forward like that. Just like, I love it. I love it when that happens, though. It's just you get so into it. And just it's, it's oh, I love it. That is the beauty of music. Mm. Um, there's one song, and it's weirdly. It's it's by a band called Mott the Hoople, mm-hmm. which is an old school nineteen seventies like prog rock band. Yeah, and it's called Sea Diver. Sea Diver. And um, I was listening to a Desert Island Discs podcast or something. I can't remember who it was that was being interviewed. And it was one of those things yeah. that you have like in the background. Yeah. Not really. And on the podcast, what they do is they just play tiny excerpts of the songs. They're not allowed through licensing. Yeah, I love Desert Island Discs. I, it's, I, I absolutely. I've not listened to it in ages, but I used to, I remember when an old an old teacher of mine actually like right. introduced introduced it to me. I was like, he goes, oh, as if you don't know what it is. I was like, I was like, mate, I'm only nineteen. <laughs> like, it's great. It's a British institution. It's it's fantastic. But um, this tiny little like, excerpt of this song came on, and I thought, oh, I think I might love that song. I'm not sure. Mm. Prepare to like, steal myself, and I played it all the way through, and I really like concentrated on it. It will make you want to do a poo. It'll make you want to cry. Okay. And then it will sort of, you'll get bored at one point, but you're kind of weirdly okay with it. And then it, you're left at the end feeling really soothed and quite like, oh. huh. like weirdest experience. Just listen to the whole thing. What would you compare it to? What people would know? What would you think? What, another song? Or yeah, or like, like band, like what they sort of like. Because they have like, well, prog rockers. God, I don't really know. Should I Google? Google them. You would... I'm trying to think of other like I love listening to um, I love a good live album yeah absolutely love a good live because I know people are like why would this I much prefer to see it live yeah yeah but I still like love that's what people have that's what people have missed like listening to live music as well and watching live music so absolutely I love a good live album I always listen to The Who live at Leeds Glam rock, hard rock. Sorry, I'm just I'm now reading the definition for Mock the Hoople. They're an English rock band formed in Herefordshire. Oh, that's where I was born. Mock the Hoople. Mock the Hoople. Oh, Mock the Hoople. And they they changed their name um, to Mock the Hoople in 1969. They released albums throughout the early 70s. They failed to find commercial success, and they're considered glam rock and hard rock. So you want to search for track Sea Diver. Sea Diver. See that they, 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 when I heard the thing, uh, here we are. Not the hoople first, first, first one straight away. But um, you ever seen the film that when they said like not commercially successful? Have you ever seen the film Anvil? Yes. That is a great. Exactly. That's a great film, and they're a great band. They're a re- <laughs> how the hell are they? Well, when you watch the film, you realise how they didn't make it because they're like absolutely like. The, well, the lead singer is just completely taps. Like, just, yeah. but they're a great band. Like, and they were like when you hear Metallica talk about them, they're like, just, yeah. I'm not a massive heavy metal fan, but like no, I really not. enjoyed listening to them, and I've got a couple of their albums. But also, what's another great music documentary? It's, oh, it's called um, Dig. It's about Brian. You know, remember the Danny Warhols? Mm. The band that like cause the the band it basically is about is called the Brian Jonestown Massacre. Yeah, they're one of my favorite bands of all time. They're yeah. absolutely brilliant. I've heard them. They're good. And the guy Antoine. Um, Oh, what's his name? Oh, I keep thinking of Anton Dubeck, but it's not Anton it's Dubeck at all. It? It's Anton something, and it's basically about how many times they've like nearly got there, but like the band is just like really capitulated. Like a somewhat a talent agent would come and see them, and then the fucking the guy would just have a fight with his band on the stage because they're not in tune. They're not like to his oh, standards, nice. but like they're an amazing, amazing band. Like they'll play like ten hours straight, like with a room for like fifteen people and stuff like that. That sounds incredible. But because they were friends with the Dandy Warhols, they can get all these these connections. Yeah. But they were a far better band than the Dandy Warhols. It's like basically about like the destruction of like what could have been like one of the best bands. Like, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that they never kind of made it because exactly they're not a spe- like they're more special yeah. because they didn't make it and they're exactly. an oddity and like a an intrigue. Mm. Like you get that with visual artists, mm. you know. 
Yeah, exactly. Like that. I would re- definitely recommend that music documentary. Dig. Great. Because my dad had it on DVD. I've not seen it. I've not seen it in years. I've got to watch that myself. That's sick, yeah. I can go on and on about music for, for well, absolutely we ages. Yeah. Phone, we? we did, yeah. We just kind of sidetracked completely. But um, no, we'll, we'll finish it there. But yeah, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks like, so um, much uh, for having me. No, you're, you're very welcome. And I love the podcast. I'm really excited about like where it's going to go. And mm. I'm, I think you're going to blow up pretty soon. It's brilliant. Oh, thank you very much. Really thank you for kind words. Yeah, no, it's, um, I've, I've had, uh, recorded another guest last night, my friend. I obviously won't tell now. But um, yeah, like it just really sort of the last couple of weeks with like I remember I had like three guests in a row yeah, George and like Gabby and then um, Wade from Donuts yeah yeah like that was like <laughs> that I remember thinking like oh shit like three back to backs like this is it yeah. a triple so um, yeah just really enjoying it and like the whole I won't go on and on about it but like yeah this basically just came from me losing a job and yes exactly kind of getting that's the kick up my ass that I needed because so these things start so they start yeah Ooh. and hopefully yeah to the moon so it's <laughs> yeah but anyway, yeah, thanks for coming on again. Um, yeah, thanks for your kind words as well. And hopefully everyone enjoys this as much as I did. And, you know, I think, um, yeah, young people as well, if they're kind of struggling to what they're, like, especially in, like, art background as well, I think yeah. they'll really benefit from it as well. But, yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, make sure you follow on all your social medias. Want to plug them again, just in case? Uh, Instagram, Emily Catherine Illustration, same as Facebook. And my website is emilycatherineillustration.com. Follow, like, subscribe, go for it. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Once again, we'd like to thank Emily for coming on the podcast. That was, um, uh, yeah, really enjoyed that chat and really enjoyed just kind of um, getting to know her and her story. And hopefully hopefully you guys got a little kick out of that as well. Um, uh, more guests to follow as well on the Voice Notes podcast. Uh, also, check, also check her out on her, her social media, uh, Instagram and, and on her website, if I can get the words out. But yeah, no, it was a really good interview, really good chat. And we just, uh, as you can hear, we, we, we covered most topics. We kind of geeked out at the end uh, talking about music and stuff like that. So that was quite good. And um, yeah, so yeah, all around, really, really enjoyed myself. But anyway, guys, that kind of wraps it up for me this week. Um, another great interview. Um, and yeah, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Hopefully you guys have another great week. Stay positive about England for my for our brothers and sisters up north in Scotland. I am very sorry. You did get to, you know, have your moment, your nil-nil moment in Wembley, but pff, oh well. I still love you, whatever. Um, hopefully, Wales can do the business against Denmark. Um, actually, well, to be fair, that'll be that'll be a really good game. So who knows? Um, even Stevens, pretty much. But England, have faith. We're still gonna. We're, we're it's still coming home. Grab your can of Carling, put your England shirt on, and stick Jerusalem on. Fire yourself up and get behind the boys. It's not Gareth's fault. The players have to take responsibility as well sometimes. But yeah, um, I won't get into that. I won't go into a massive tangent. You won't. You'll, you'll probably hear me slagging off Gareth Southgate next week when we get fucking dicked by France or something like that. But anyway, guys, have a great week. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast and keep an eye out for all other content, including top fives and everything like that. Have a great week. Stay safe. Keep smiling. Bye.